Episode 39 for July 2008. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They're an online leader in comic book subscriptions, and they offer discounts from 38 up to 75% off the cover price of new comics. Now, one of this month's specials is the Alex Ross Marvel Secret Wars tribute poster. The retail price is 8 bucks, and Mail Order has it for $4.95. So be sure to check out MailOrderComics.com and tell them the Crawl Space sent you. Welcome back, webheads, to our second show of July. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, and we're wrapping up all of your message board questions this month, and we join the conversation aimed at me about future guests on the show. Spidey Site UK, uh, his location is in the middle of the Reckoning War. There you go. And this one is aimed at, I guess, me. Would you like to get Bendis or Bagley on the show? Yes and yes. Uh, Bagley... Um, maybe when he comes back to Marvel, <laughs> but just talking about, he, he's had a hell of a run on Spider-Man. I mean, what, 10, 15 years. So it's not like he would be hard pressed to talk about Spider-Man. So, uh, yeah. Bendis already has a, a very good podcast with the, the word balloon and, uh, but he'd be fun just to, I'd love to talk to Bendis. He, he, I would love, he would be a blast. Uh, next question is, what's your favorite Spider-Man miniseries? Mine is Human Torch Spider-Man. Morb? Um, uh, um, Black Cat. Uh, JR? <laughs> <laughs> I might actually, you're gonna kill me, go with Spider-Man Rain. Oh shit. God. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <laughs> JR, what's your favorite? Death and Destiny. That, which one was that? Oh, that was Lee Weeks. Got it. Got right, it. Got right. it. Uh, I don't really know about the ultimate super scroll question. Let's move on to the, uh, uh, is there a comic that you have felt emotionally attached to? I, I guess mine is the first comic I ever bought, which was Marvel team up annual number two. I mean, I just have fond memories of that's how it got me to where I am now <laughs> on a podcast on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> how about JR? Do you have an emotionally attached comic book? Not really. No, not really. You no, said you're you're not. emotioned out of them. You said earlier. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. So yes. And Morb, do you have an emotionally so, attached comic book for you? I don't know. I mean, the good ones definitely evoke emotions, but I don't think I could say there's anything I'm necessarily emotionally attached to, um, with the possible exception of the Crow. Mm-hmm. And the Crow was was such a beautiful work of art. I think it's the best comic book ever published and I actually I have a tattoo that means a couple of things to me but part of it is an homage to the crow yeah uh, so I guess yeah I would probably have to pick that crow one. Uh, Matt Gargan from England says um, do you think that the voting with your wallet has the big impact has that big an impact on sales I know that during the 99 reboot sales crashed but I always thought that was due to poor storytelling and quality than anything else. The current sales of Brand New Day seem to be leveling off now. And I was wondering how much sales are affected by casual buyers and big events, and if that jump in sales during that period was due to casual buyers getting the crossover and dropping the title after they finished. If so, what do you think is a realistic sales figure for Spider-Man? What would it be minus big events? JR, what should he be selling at? Three times a month. What do you think? What do, what do I think he'll wind up selling at? I think he'll wind up selling at about 60000 per issue. Yep. yep. I think, and uh, when you look at uh, when you look at what 
the comics were selling at. Prior to that, I think you had JMS selling at about 90 to 100 and and uh, the other two selling in the 40s, which was about 180,000. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the ceiling. I think that's where you see it. you'll see him settle in at. Yep. Morb? Uh, I don't do numbers, but to uh, address the larger question as a whole, I think voting with your wallet definitely does work. Even if you look at the wording of the question, mm-hmm. he the reboot crashed, and he says that was because of poor storytelling and quality. Well, poor storytelling and quality made people stop buying the title, and not buying the title is voting with your wallet. So mm-hmm. clearly that worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, the lead title was selling only about 40,000, 40-something thousand. Then I meant the lead title amazing, so people were definitely voting with their wallet because uh, JMS, uh, when he came in, I mean, the the sales doubled and tripled. Yeah. So. yeah if we- well, I also don't think you can say that it's just because people are jumping on for crossovers. Uh, there's... There's also a thing called good quality storytelling. Yeah. I look at uh, Ed Brubaker's Captain America is always solid because it's such a well-done story. It's a long run by a writer and an artist, which I don't care what the editors say, clearly people like. So you do the right things with the book, and it's going to sell. Uh, crossovers or no. Yeah. His other question is, have you any of you read Marvel's Zombies 2? I got the hardcover for Father's Day and thoroughly enjoyed it. I read it. It was great. I didn't think it was great as the first one, but I dig the zombies, and I know JR hates the zombies. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I hated the zombies. He, he just can't stand them. And more, this seems like up your alley. You like Marvel Zombies? No, no. Seriously. I, think, uh, I thought for sure you'd love crap. them. The silly crap like Marvel Zombies and to a much, 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 much worse extent, Marvel Apes, <laughs> is a big thing wrong with this industry right now. What, what's wrong with them? The, it's, it's too damn silly. <laughs> I mean, we're getting to a point here where, you know, comics are trying to be taken seriously. We're all trying to be taken seriously. The best ones take themselves seriously. And we're doing silly shit like <laughs> Marvel Zombies and Marvel fucking Apes. <laughs> We're doing variant covers to every book under the sun with an ape on it or a scroll on it or a zombie on it. Scrolls are okay. But what the fuck? I mean, this is – I don't like them. No, no really? <laughs> well, dude, from a business standpoint, you got to know, and you can look – if you look at the numbers, the sales go up when you put out a variant or you put out a, a second or third cover. And I can't disagree yeah, with that. sacrificing a – you're sacrificing a good, strong industry that can make a name for itself with all the exposure it's getting yeah. for a cheap boost in sales. I will admit I ordered Marvel Apes just for the hell of it. <laughs> I saw so many variants listed with apes on them. I had to email Mail Order Comics to make sure it wasn't even remotely possible that I was going to get one of these damn things because I would find every one and specifically request each one not to. Uh, you damn dirty ape. I don't want a freaking ape on my you cover. damn dirty ape. I, <laughs> I didn't read it when DC did it 10 years ago with JL Ape, and I'm not going to read it now. All right. Man Spider from Massachusetts says, according to solicitations, there will be a confrontation between Norman Osborn and Menace. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much are you looking forward to Norman putting the goblin suit back on? Let's go to our goblin expert for that one. Always looking forward to Norman putting the goblin suit back on. Mm-hmm. In fact, he did it to, he did it to great effect here in the recent Thunderbolt. That, but, that uh, kicked ass, didn't it? 
Yeah, it oh did. my goodness. It I did. love that Thunderbolts. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a really dangerous, uh, dangerous dude there. And, huh. uh, although he, although Songbird brought him down, yeah. uh, which I had a little problem with, but, uh, still it was, uh, he was in he was in rare form, and uh, so I'm always look and 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 I think Norman is a character that needs other opponents. I mean, I I don't want to see him burn him out, uh, but uh, he he's a character that that just begs to have other other opponents besides the lead hero because you can do so much with him. So D- don't you wish Ellis and Diodato could have gotten that book out monthly and just continued on it? I mean, it would have been such a solid run. If there wasn't exactly. so many months gap, I mean, they were they were building up to that Norman confrontation with the team for a long time, and it paid off, but it took too damn long to get there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'd yeah. rather have them continue and the delays continue than to have somebody else come. I, I agree because they're excellent together. I mean, just the artwork, and you know, Diodato brought back Norman's. It, it's kind of a modern look to the costume. I like that look. That Diodato did more than the Mark Miller, uh, Marvel Knight Spider-Man look. Dotson's look. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think, gob- yep. Goblin Expert? <laughs> what what version of suit do you like? Oh heavens! Um, I like the Dotson look. Really, you like the black and less purple? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, just pick up that Thunderbolts run. Um, Recently, with Diodato and Ellis, I probably will read a lot better in trade. Morb. <laughs> uh, if nothing else, pick up the. Uh, if you don't want to pick up the whole thing, just pick up the Caged Angels arc, the second arc, because the first one was good. The second one was great. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, lockdown. We're going to Illinois. What was? What were your favorite Spider-Man episodes of the '90s series? And the current spectacular Spider-Man series. Morb, did you watch? Not the nineties. I know Spidey dude did, but he's not here. Of course, that was what drew me. Oh, in. That, yeah. yeah, that's okay. Got gotcha. you. What? And I'm. I bet you can tell what I'm gonna say. Uh, you like the one with Black Cat where she got raped? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Morbius and Blade episodes yeah. of that series. That's what. That's what originally got me interested in these characters, and that's what. Uh, that's what's kept me there today. Those were great. What I, what I'm doing actually is I'm recording on Toon Disney. They they've been airing uh the, the 90s Spider-Man show and I've been setting my DVR to record them all. And I'm up to 61 episodes out of 65. <laughs> so, I'm eventually want to burn them on the disc because Disney isn't smart enough to release them. But uh what what was up with Morbius's vampire suckers on his hands? They couldn't, uh, because of the the censorship, they yeah. couldn't have him actually drink blood. Uh, okay. They couldn't have him bite somebody, so they changed it to uh, the suckers, suckers on the hand thing for kids. Yeah. But at least they did. People um, also say they changed it with he was just sucking plasma instead of blood. Mm-hmm. But if you look back to the original stories, he he sucked blood because he needed the plasma from it. It wasn't that he needed the blood, it was that he needed the plasma. So that actually was very faithful in that part. Yeah. What were you going to say, Jira? Oh, I was just going to mention that it wasn't blood, it was plasma oh, okay. that he was taking. Yeah. So. Um, do you have a favorite uh, Spectacular Spider-Man episode yet, Morb? I, I don't know, that'd be hard to call. I think there's a lot of solid stuff in the first season yeah. and... I'd have a hard time picking out one episode and saying it was the great one. 
as far as the 90s series for me, I, I didn't watch them enough. That's why I'm recording them uh, as of now to kind of catch up on them. Uh, I remember seeing bits and pieces like I thought it was cool back in the 90s that they did – they adapted somewhat the the black costume saga. That was the first time they ever did that. Uh, they also uh, – they attempted the Secret Wars, which I don't think it really worked. <laughs> but uh, – Yeah, it was so different. Yeah, it was a lot different, man. But uh, as far as Spectacular Spider-Man, my favorite episode, uh, I really liked the last three episodes that they they wrapped it up what, leading up to the uh, Eddie Brock stuff. And I still love that episode with uh, the Shocker and the, the stinky Spider-Man suit. I just thought that damn thing was so funny. <laughs> Jared, do you have a favorite 90s and Spectacular Spider-Man episode? I don't have a favorite Spectacular yet. Um but uh the of the 90s no surprise the uh, episode turning point were uh, which essentially uh combined uh, three separate goblin story green goblin stories from the comics and put them into one 30 minute cartoon mm-hmm. uh that was uh, that was a uh, that was a uh, power packed uh, episode mm-hmm. and uh that was probably my favorite cool. so what do you guys think of the uh, the wrap up for the spectacular spider-man's animated series we haven't talked about that did you like the eddie brock Episodes at the NJR? They were okay. Yep. They were okay. And more? I thought it was mostly quite solid, um, but I hated the uh, the whole flashback episode. Oh. It was lifting lines and scenes directly from the movie, and I felt like I was watching a damn rerun the whole time when we were trying to push forward a good story. You mean the black and white episode? Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that one. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand it. I felt like I was watching a rerun that I watched oh. about 40 times because I've seen that origin so many times. And not only did they not do anything new with it, they directly lifted lines and shots I, from the movie. I, I've seen the movie. I, I love the fact that one of uh, Uncle Ben's line was, you stirred up my memory, now you're not going to get rid of me, or something to the effect of that. I just thought that was so classic. Did you did you like that episode, JR? I don't even remember that part remember of it, it, to be honest. Okay. No. Uh, oh, but Ed Asner doing the uh, the voice for Uncle Ben was great. Isn't that cool? Who uh, who yeah. was J. Jonah Jameson in the uh, 90s show? Uh, Lockdown's other question is, should there be a, a miniseries about the bar with no name, and who should write and draw it? No, no, no. <laughs> I say no. I mean, come on now. What do you say, J.R.? Yeah, they can write it, but I won't buy it. <laughs> there you go. That's, look at that. That's three no's. Look at that. We agree on something. Uh, his other question is, should Dan Slott write the next Spider Slayer storyline? Is there a Spider Slayer? No. Is there a Spider Slayer storyline coming out? No, I think he just wants one. Oh, okay. All right. I I hate the damn Spider Slayers. Yeah, I'm not that big a fan either. JR, are you a fan? No. Yeah. Not really. That's three no's again. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lockdown, for getting us all on the same page and making us take shots. If Joe, his final question is, if Joe Kelly, Dan Slott, and Jeff Lowe became the majority of the Spider Think Tank, will we get something similar to what happened with the Superman books in the late 90s? I'm not familiar with what happened in the Superman books in the late 90s. Did they suck or were they great? If he means crap, then yes, I agree. (laughs) That is what we will get. Well, I don't want crap to happen to Spidey, so I hope not, Lockdown. Okay, Jerry, you got anything to say about that? Do you hope it... No, okay. no, I don't. Uh, CPAHL2000. How do you say that, guys? Capel? Uh, CFAL, maybe? CFAL2000 from Brazil. 
Best I can come up with. Uh, hi, guys. I have two questions for you. Do you like the artistic rotation on Amazing Spider-Man? Would it be better if each writer wrote the same with the same artist to create a connection or the system is okay? I'm pretty much hit on that. Uh, I like Kitson and the other guys don't like – what's the guy's name? <laughs> the uh, uh, Marcos. Marcos. I couldn't – the other two don't tend to like them. Uh, what do you think about the new villains? Uh, we kind of talked about that. Let's move on to Dante PD from Birmingham, Alabama. First time poster for the podcast here, so welcome, Dante. First comment and the public pat on the back for JR. Yeah, you're getting compliments, JR. Hey, hey. I've asked him this over PM, but I wanted to make how impressed I am public. My fiance and I are both police officers and have read JR's site in its entirety. We actually began to wonder if he was in law enforcement himself due to his professional style analysis of Spider-Man's cast, particularly Norman. He's disassembled and written on these characters in a manner of that would impress most criminal profilers I know. So, JR, damn good work, and if you ever want a career change, we could use you wearing the blue. Look at that, JR with a badge. You think that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Dante. I appreciate that. I appreciate and that. And his question is, if you could retcon any writer's run on Spider-Man out of history entirely, whose would it be? And no fair saying JMS because it's too damn easy. Jr., you 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 take this one first. Who are you retconning out? Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the the worst runs, I'm trying to think of the worst runs. The worst runs were the Denny O'Neill run and then Howard Mackey's run on Amazing after the reboot, but I'm not sure retconning either one of them out would serve any purpose. Yeah. Um, they were just bad. Um, boy, what would I retcon? I'd, I'd have to retcon one more day. Yeah. I mean, as far as any particular, I mean, I wouldn't want to retcon any writer in particular because most writers have good and bad both good and bad in them, but uh, I'd uh, I'd retcon one more day in a heartbeat. Yeah. More, what would you take out? Probably Reginald Hudlin. Oh God, damn! Yeah, because <laughs> he didn't do anything good. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing salvageable in that run. And if we retcon him out, we we lose the stupid scroll Superman. <laughs> so I'd be good with that. Yeah, I I I don't want to retcon anybody because you're wasting a book. Uh, erasing a book, <laughs> you know, just say this happened. Let's move on. I mean, come on. So, about the, if I had to, I mean, if I had to do it, I'd take out John Byrne and Howard Mackey's reboot in '99. And I'm sure in 10 years we'll say, brand new day by somebody will say that if we're still around 10 years from now on this show. If he didn't just say one writer, I would have said it right now. But that's four, so one wouldn't help. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, well, anyway, Dante PD, thank you for the compliment, and JR is, uh, blushing. I can't see him, but I imagine he is. <laughs> Mr. Metz, maybe he's from New York. What do you think? I don't know. Could be. One argument I've seen on numerous message board is over how Amazing Spider-Man sales should be judged now that the book is coming out three times a month. Should it be done on a per-issue basis in which sales of individual issues are compared to sales of pre-brand new day issues of Spider-Man? Should we judge him one book at a time or add them all up? What do you guys think? More of you take it first. Well, I mean, there's a lot of complicated uh, business standpoints you can get on this, mm -hmm. and I'm not an analyst like that, but to me, the bottom line is Amazing Spider-Man is losing readers. Yeah. This is the Amazing Spider-Man, and it's losing readers. That's, that's enough of a statement in itself. Yeah. 
JR, should we add them all up or should we do issue at a time? Add them all up. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it as a monthly, you know, how many, how many uh, comics it sells per I, month. I think that's, I, I agree. And I think that's kind of the, the way the Marvel bean counter must be because I think they're adding in the friendly and the sensational into a big clump under Spider-Man. And, I'm sure. I mean, that's probably what they're doing. I think once it hits below that, then you might see a course change. But uh, until you hit that magic number, whatever it may be, then I don't think they're going to do anything. Uh, his second question is with Venom Dark Origin. Zeb Wells, who is my favorite, is writing a second five-issue miniseries exploring a top Spider-Man's villain's origin and backstory. Do any other villains merit similar treatment? If so, who? You want a Norman miniseries, JR? We already had one with Roger Stern, uh, the Roger Stern one. Yep. I'm sure that... Uh, uh, I, I'm not anxious for a Norman miniseries only because I'm not sure anybody could write it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm partial to my own take on Norman as to, you know, because I've written so much about him. I'm partial to my own take and I would hate to see anything contradict it, to be honest. Yeah. Plus, it, it's, it's going back to the well. So, yeah. I mean, how many times, I mean, like Venom, how many times do we need to retell Venom's origin? Yeah. I mean, because it's, it was so messed up in the first place. And it's like, you know, continuing to retell it is going to make it make it any more palatable. Yeah. Um, I just uh, let it be. Let, let it be. I mean, we know these, you know, these characters were all created in the 60s, and or well, not all of them, but, uh, you know, and a lot of them have lame 60s origins. I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. You know, I and mean, I, I'm struck by lightning. I have powers. I'm going to become an evildoer. I think, okay, that's fine. It works for I me. I think power and responsibility, that miniseries that's still coming out, is an example of you don't need to do it. You don't need to tell exactly. Spider-Man's wrestling history that was on all of maybe a page or two of the the, the uh, origin story. But uh, right. uh, Morb, you, wanna, you want uh, a villain having an origin story miniseries? Uh, it wouldn't be very topical, but I would definitely read an Ezekiel miniseries. I think there's a lot of uh, Ezekiel's history and life that's still left unexplored that could make for some interesting stories. And that actually wouldn't be going back to the well. And when uh, Spider-Man 2 came out, there was a plethora of uh, Doc Ock origin stories and miniseries and stuff like that. And I just, I just don't, I don't. I don't want it. I mean, it's another four bucks a month, three bucks a month that uh, we we could save <laughs> and and put in our gas tank. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. buying Venom Dark Origin personally. I don't. I really don't need That's it. It's classic that you love Zeb Wells and you didn't buy it, and I hate Zeb Wells and I ordered it. <laughs> I don't love Zeb Wells. I thought he wrote a good arc of Amazing, but uh, I, like I said before, my big exposure to him before that was the Civil War. Young Avengers Runaways miniseries, which sucked out loud. Jared, did, Jared, <laughs> did you order the Venom Dark Road? No, no, yeah. I'm not. I have no interest in it. Uh, his last question is, Mr. Metz says, uh, what would you think of these guys as potential members of the Amazing Spider-Man Brain Trust? We've got Tom Be- uh, Beeland, Ed Brubaker, Matt Fraction, J.M. DeMathis, and Roger Stern. I'll give my answer real quick. Uh, Roger Stern, James DeMathis, I want really bad back on the title. I think Ed Brubaker would be awesome. Matt Fraction, uh, if if every issue would be like that sensational Spider-Man annual, I'd kiss him on the lips. And uh, <laughs> and Tom Beeland, I'm not familiar with his work, so I can't comment on that. Uh, JR, you want to hit those guys? you got Brubaker, Fraction, DeMathis, Stern, and Beeland. 
It's pretty much the same as yours. Yep. I'm not familiar with Beeland. Yep. Uh, any of the any of the others would probably make a good addition. So Jr. and I are both kissing him on the lips. If <laughs> if Fraction <laughs> came on the book more, who are you kissing on the lips? Um, <laughs> Nobody. Matt Fraction. <laughs> yeah. No, I would I would uh, I would absolutely do Matt Fraction. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Gay Spider-Man podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What about uh, uh, Brubaker? Tom Beeland, I've never heard of. Me I don't either. know who this guy is or why he's on this list. Me neither. Um, I think it's his next-door neighbor. <laughs> Ed Brubaker's got ups and downs. Yeah. Um, he, I almost think maybe if Ed Brubaker comes on, he should just bring Fraction with them and they should co-write it. Because uh, that works out well, yeah. usually. Um, DeMathis and Stern, you're going to hate me. I think their time has passed and oh. I don't need them back. Oh, more, we're losing your connection. I'm sorry, you're breaking up. Uh, <laughs> Leopard Lad from the London, UK. This one's aimed at Morbius. For having recently enjoyed his anime adaption, are there any Witchblade comics you would recommend? As I've heard, you give some praise to the series on past shows. It is so nice that somebody listens to my recommendations. Thank you. What what what'd you say, more? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are two... Jumping on points to get to if uh, you want to read Witchblade. Both of them are Ron Mars. It's basically Ron Mars turned it into a great book. Before that, you don't need to bother with it. Yeah. They He started number 80, and they've started collecting his work in trade. They remarked it, so the current Witchblade Volume 1 trade is the beginning of Ron Mars's run. So that would be a good place to start. Yeah. Or, if you want to go the single-issue route, they're only up to about number 119, and number 116 was the beginning of a run with a new artist who's phenomenal, and they built it in as a new jumping-on point, and it absolutely works. Okay. So if you want to get the whole Mars run, go back to the Witchblade Volume 1 trade or issue number 80, or you can just jump right in at number 116. It's all good. Cool. Uh, Herman, 22, uh, says, After seeing some great comic book films this summer, it really got me thinking that we only got one solid Spider-Man movie when everyone should be awesome. When every one of them should be awesome, I think it's time for a new everything when it comes to a Spider-Man movie. If that's what you guys think, what should they do? Do you think they should start over with number four, kind of like Batman Begins, Jr.? No, I don't think they should start over. Mm-hmm. But uh, because, I mean, they've already told the Osborne story. They don't need to retell that one. Right. Um, uh, I think they. I'd, I'd like to see him bring Doc Ock back. <laughs> but... Uh, um, I don't think they should start over, but uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they recast most of the roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to see them do that, to be honest. Uh, yeah. What the- I mean, I don't want to see Kirsten Dunst back uh, as Mary Jane. In fact, I don't care if I see Mary Jane come back in a Spider-Man movie. Aww. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you, would you like to see uh, Ron Howard's daughter come back? I can't think of her name at the yeah. moment, but uh, Br- Bryce Dallas. Bryce Dallas, yeah. yeah. They can't recast J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, that's freaking him. No, that's freaking him. <laughs> yeah. No, they can't do that. But I mean, the major, the major yeah, roles. Yeah, I agree. They can keep the supporting cast. Yeah. Morb, should they start over from square one? Uh, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I I can't even tell you how much I don't want to see yet another version of Spider-Man's origin story. I'm oh, me too. Tapped out on Spider-Man's origin. Me too. I, I cannot do it again. Um. But I, I don't think there's anything that needs to be thrown out. I disagree that we only got one solid Spider-Man movie. I like them all. Me too. I know a lot of people bash Spider-Man 3, but if you go back and listen to the podcast we did right after that movie, all our reviews were positive. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I liked all three Spider-Man movies. I don't think they need to throw anything out. I agree with Jr. Um, as much as I'm a fan of Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the comics world, I would rather see Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy at this point than I would the Mary Jane in those movies. Um, and I would since they've done a, I hate cast changes in these kind of things. I hate them. Yeah. But since they've done a complete trilogy at this point, and because Tobey Maguire is going to get an older, and I think there were already people that might be able to play it better than him, I would not mind Spider-Man being recast. But don't recast Gwen Stacy. Don't recast. Uh, don't recast J.K. Simmons as J. J. Jonah Jameson, please. Yeah. I think James Franco uh, is dead. Actually, now I think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so no, Harry Osborn's dead. Franco's doing very well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the only one. That I would say, if they do another movie, absolutely needs to be recast, no matter what else they do, is Robbie. He's been so worthless in these movies. Oh, yeah. I, they, they cast a guy that doesn't really look like Robbie, doesn't really act like Robbie, doesn't really talk like Robbie, doesn't have the right personality, and he's not been used. So, please, recast Robbie. Yeah. I, I would be fine with three more Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst movies. I know we disagree, but I, I, I enjoyed all three of them. I, I, how old would that make Tobey Maguire, though? Because we're talking tw- uh, 2011 for Spider-Man 4. He might be a little. Call up he might be a little too old, actually, if we do six, three more. Actually. Well, I mean, if you're going technical, he's already too old. Yeah, that's true. But it, there's there's it's just a matter of makeup. <laughs> there's rumors of filming four and five back together, which I think would be perfect. I think that would cap it. That would give Marvel. It depends on the story. That would give Marvel some money, uh, and Sony some money, the actors some money, just to to top this trilogy with two more on top. So I'm fine with that. Okay, Toby McGuire is 33 right now. That's fine. I'm, I'm 33. I'm, I still think I'm Spider-Man, so perfect. <laughs> uh, let's see. Irish lad from Dublin, Ireland with the Guinness avatar. Top of the morning, y'all. Well, I was just warning, just wondering. I've been drinking some Guinness too, it seems. I gave up reading comics for a period of eight or nine years and came back when Ultimate Spider-Man started, as it was an easy way back in, and I couldn't figure out what was going on in the main titles. So the question is: Has there been periods in your comic reading lives when you gave up funny books? If so, why did you give the books the boot, and why did you return to the fold? Jr., have you ever left? I don't think I've ever heard of you leaving. Yeah, I left. Well, you did. When did you leave? I left uh, when I after um, after college, mm-hmm. and I'd started working. I thought I was thought it was time for me to grow up, uh, but it didn't last very long. So what what uh, circa amazing run did you miss the first time around? Well, I quit um, right after um, oh, having some Murgatroy. It was um, around Spider Man Two, Amazing Two Sixty Two. When it was apparent that the Hobgoblin mystery wasn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, I was kind of, I gave up, I gave up for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought sporadically when the actually I bought sporadically when the Clone Saga was uh, <laughs> that brought you back. <laughs> well, it, no, it brought it only brought me back sporadically. Yeah. And uh, I'm and I'm not sure what. Well, because I like the jackal as a villain. I'd always liked the jackal in his first incarnation, and had wanted to see him back. But uh, his second incarnation wasn't worthy of him. Yeah. And uh, then after the then the clone saga made me quit for a while, and 
I don't know. I've had I've had probably two or three periods of quitting. What brings me back? I'm not sure what brings me back. To be honest, I guess just the long history with the character, and uh, you know, just I, I, I guess I do other things in life, and uh, then it's always it's always good to go back and see what's you know well what's going on with Spidey these days. I'm tell you, I'm pretty close to giving it up again now. That's for sure. Really? But uh, yeah, yeah, I just. Uh, you know, I've been on a been on a long collecting run, and uh, it seems like it's uh, the 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 series just isn't giving me much anymore. And uh, I don't know, so I'm kind of in a moment in uh, one of those uh, moments of indecision oh, right now. I don't want Jr. to leave. Come on, Marvel. <laughs> uh, more? Have you ever uh, dropped the dropped the Spider-Man books? Well, I never really made a conscious decision to leave. It's but there was a period where you know a gap in reading, just because you know I got I got comics as a kid, late '80s, early '90s, and then I just didn't anymore. You know, my mom had bought them for me when I was little, and that kind of stopped. And but years later, I started picking up back issues at flea markets all the time, and then finally, part one of Sins Past got me buying new issues, and then going back and getting the full JMS run and all that. Yeah. Uh, I've never dropped Spider-Man. I've been reading since I was two or three, from uh, 1978, 79 to current. I've never stopped it. I don't think I could. I think I'm very much addicted <laughs> to dropping <laughs> to dropping Spider-Man. I've I've gone through the the bad, the lows, and the highs, but I just couldn't go a month without finding what's out. What what you? I couldn't go a month without finding out what's happened to, like a friend, a deep friend that I've known for 30 years. And I, I, I guess that's the emotional attachment we, I've got to him. <laughs> He's just like another friend that you see once a month, or sometimes three times a month. So I don't think I could drop it. I'll be an, I'll be an 80 year old man on a podcast with 10 year olds or tw- 20 year olds <laughs> if I, I guess I'm, if I'm on the same track. So, Jr., I'll, I'll call you up at the home. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dead meat, Dripping Springs, Texas said. Uh, He's talking about, are any of you reading uh, Mark Miller's 1985 miniseries or the Avengers Invaders miniseries, and would you recommend them? Uh, Morb, are you reading them? I'm not reading 1985 because I physically can't look at Tommy Lee Edwards' art. Um, <laughs> Ouch. So that's that's an anti-recommendation right there, if you couldn't get Ouch. that. Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Avengers Invaders, I am reading, and dear God, is it crap-tastic. <laughs> I, bad 90s... Marvel versus DC superhero smash no brain whatsoever. I I recommend highly against. But it. those covers are pretty, aren't they? Yes, they oh, are. Man, beautiful covers. Uh, I'd like to just look at them on my computer and not pay. Yeah, Jr. Are you reading any of those books? No, neither one. Uh, I'm reading both of them. 1985, I love a lot, mainly because 85 is when I really, really got into, or that circa Secret Wars, etc., is when I really, really got into Marvel Comics and the history of it. So I'm digging that. I don't mind the artwork. I think his Hulk, Hulk Juggernaut fight was great in that book. And if the basic concept is, a uh, geek like me or Morbin Jr. What if the Marvel Universe came to our world, etc. And and you see it through the eyes of like a ten year old kid, and nobody believed you, etc. That's the guess of the book from the first two issues I've read. So I'm I'm digging it. I'm looking forward to where it's going. Av- Av- Avengers Invaders. I'm pretty much agreeing with Morbius. Wow. Ho ho. <laughs> 
Um, I thought the Thunderbolts Spider-Man fight wasn't bad in the first issue, but uh, the covers are the best thing about that book, and that's not – I mean, that's about it. I mean – Yeah, it shouldn't be that way. We've got a whole year of that book we're committed to, Morbius. I don't know if, if you'll stick around. Oh, I'm – I'm seriously considering dropping it yeah. at number six. If the next issue isn't much better, I'm not ordering past yeah. number six. Uh, his next qu- Dead Meat's next question is about the release of uh, Hellboy and Dark Knight. He asked what we thought of them. Dark Knight hasn't come out as uh, we record this podcast, but Hellboy has. JR and I haven't seen it, but Morbius has. What do you think of Hellboy 2? Uh, I saw it last night on opening night, and uh, I was disappointed. It It definitely wasn't a bad movie by any means, but... Uh, my expectations were really high from that trailer. The trailer looked kick-ass. Uh, it had, you know, the beautiful visuals in it. But I mean, the problem is most of the the cool stuff in the movie you saw in the trailer. You saw these these different creatures. None of them are on screen really for more than a minute or two. So all your wow factor is from the trailer. You don't really get that within the movie. Um, I thought. Guillermo del Toro took too much time putting frills into it and not enough time with the basics. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't keep a consistent tone with this movie. I mean the tone was absolutely scattered all over the place. You'd have this uh beautiful elven kingdom underground and then we cut over to the BPRD which you know has like three different tones to it and then we cut to some weird pop song that really doesn't belong in this movie at all. And uh, <laughs> the tone was just, the tone was messed up. That's funny. <laughs> and the dialogue was not written very well, a lot of it. I thought there was a lot, there were way too many cheesy lines that needed to be looked at by an editor. And well, I think that's the best that, part of Hellboy, how he's sarcastic, but. No, I thought the, see, that's the thing. I thought the first one was really good. I enjoyed it. And that, that humor was definitely there. And sure, there's a cheese factor because it's Hellboy. Yeah. But. This one, I just don't think it was written as well. There was, you know, there were just some stupid lines. Well, like on. we, but like uh, we do with the reviews, what grade would you give it? Uh, I'd I'd probably give it a low B. Low B, okay. Um, but like I said, my expectations going in there were just too high. So a lot of you would probably enjoy it more than I will if you just realize that the trailer kicks ass, but the movie's a little bit more average. Yeah. Uh, Man Spider is back from Massachusetts. He says, this may have been covered in another podcast, but what Spider-Man villain do you hate? JR, you got one you hate? Oh, I don't know that I have one I hate. I mean, uh, I try not to invest that much energy. <laughs> Strongly <laughs> yeah, dislike. But, but I never liked but I never, I never liked Craven the Hunter of Spidey's major villains. Oh, really? I just thought he, yeah, I just thought he was a one-note villain. I just never cared for even him. The, even to, the Last Stand. Uh, book? Oh, his last, his last hunt. hunt. Yeah, last hunt. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the last hunt. I, I, you know, in fact, I'm in the minority on that one because uh, I was I wasn't a big fan of the last oh. hunt. Uh, I thought too much time was spent with that vermin character. He, uh, uh, Demathis just uh, seems like a, you know, he he did the same thing in the uh, the uh, Harry's Green Goblin story. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent way too much time with vermin. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I, I just I just never liked Craven. Uh, I'm not a big fan of typeface. Remember typeface from Paul Jenkins? Oh yeah, oh that was <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I know he didn't. The question says uh, not counting the brand new day villains, but I think the freak is up there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's no doubt the freak is going to go down in the. He's him and the hypno hustler. <laughs> 
<laughs> At least the hypno hustler has a cheese factor about him. The freak is just yeah. A, the hypno yeah yeah uh, the, the hypno hustler is bad in a in a in a good sort exactly. of way. I mean, just you know, it's it's a whole thing of that that seventies era type stuff. Exactly. You know, and he's and uh, Morb. Do you have a favorite that you or uh, not a favorite? A villain you hate? The opposite of the favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, honestly, it's the lizard. Really, the uh, lizard. Uh, I've never liked the lizard because he's he's got one story that they just keep telling, and I I wasn't all that into it the first time. And unlike villains like Freak, for forty years he just keeps on coming back. I think Kurt Connors is a good character, but uh, the lizard just you know it keeps being the same character story over and over and over and over. And I I never thought it was that interesting a story to begin with. I, I like lizard, but I can't disagree with you. It is the same story over and over. I would agree with that. Jared, do you agree? I agree. Yeah. That's that's agree. crazy. Lizard and Craven. <laughs> that's Dit- <laughs> Ditko, people. <laughs> and Stanley, co-creator, sorry. Uh, Jack Bauer uh, reporting from CTU, which I think CTU is, uh, there's no, is no longer coming up in Season 7. But um, his question is, would you want to see a live-action Spider-Man series done in the style of Smallville? JR, would you tune No. <laughs> you would not tune in? You would not tune <laughs> no. in every week, huh? <laughs> no, I would not. No, I would not. See, I dig Smallville, and I think it'd be fun. But the- See, I di- well, we've actually covered this on a podcast before, yeah. but um, I love Smallville, too, but the difference is... With Superman, that was new territory. I mean, they've done Superboy comics, but that was just some cheesy, he's flying around as a kid in a cape. The, yeah. But mostly, the Smallville stuff was unexplored. Spider-Man, we've seen it. Yeah. He was a teenage superhero, so yeah. I don't think it would, it would be a retread, and I don't I, think it would really I, matter. I think we're getting the show with Spectacular Spider-Man, seeing a young, young Spider-Man in the suit. I mean, it's animated, but... Live action would be cool, but I think we're getting the show that we want, or the one I think Jack Bauer oh. wants. He's no younger than he was in the original comics, though. Yeah, but as far as animation, Spider-Man's always been a little older. In the 90s, he was in college. Yeah. Uh, animated series, he was in college. So I think we're That's I think we're, I think we're getting the animated or TV show that. We all want through Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, number two, Spider-Man 4. Do you think the piece of symbiote that Doc uh, Connors has will transform him into the lizard? No. <laughs> I really, No. <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think, JR? No. No, I don't think so either. This one, this next question, I think JR should answer. Have you guys read the X-Men Star Trek The Next Generation crossover novel? And if so, what's your opinions of it? Haven't read it, won't read it. I thought you were, were sure to read that, Jerry. Did you read any of the Star Trek novels back in the day? Well, uh, many years ago I read, I read some of the classic Trek novels, but uh, I haven't read a Star Trek novel in in 20 years. Wow. Morb, have you ever read that book? Uh, that idea's just got cheese whiz all <laughs> over it. I, I'm not touching it. Look at the cover. And uh, sadly, I will admit this, I own that book. <laughs> and it was put out, I'm thinking, like, circa 97, 98, and 10 years have passed, and I have not picked that book up to read. <laughs> and I bet another 10 years will go by, and I won't read the book either. Because, Although I do remember buying the X-Men Star Trek comics from Marvel 10 years ago. 
because they put out two of them. They put out one with the the Kirk uh, generation, and they put out one with the Picard generation. And Mark Bagley uh, drew the Kirk issue. Do you did you guys pick up that comic by chance? Yeah, yeah, I picked that one. Yeah, up, but it's been a long time since I looked at it. I thought I thought it was okay. I mean, it's pretty far stretched for having Next Gen and, and uh, Kirk and everybody meeting up with Wolverine. But, uh, uh, of course, with the Next Generation and X-Men, at the time, luckily, no artists were drawing Xavier as Patrick Stewart yet. Oh, yeah. Because that was awkward. That would have been worse. <laughs> I, I didn't think of that. I, I didn't think of that. Yeah, that was about two years before the X-Men movies came out. All right, gang, yeah. we've hit our last question of the board. This is from Donna Mark, again from Arkham Asylum. Uh, guys, since I'm an aspiring comic book artist and have been drawing Spider-Man every day for years, I'm curious about something. What kind of eyes do you prefer on Peter's mask? The big Todd McFarlane, Mac, Mark Bagley eyes that go for half his face or the John Romita, Steve Ditko, Ross Andrew eyes that were smaller. Personally, I prefer the Bagley style eyes because they look big and appealing yet not as mean looking as McFarlane and other artists drew them. Uh, let's see more. What do you think? Large or big eyes on Spidey? Um, I don't like large or small. Um, I hate the McFarlane eyes that Phil Jimenez is aping, and yeah. I never liked the really small eyes from the early comics either. I like that that good happy medium. I think you know people like Mike Diodato and Mark Bagley have done a good job of finding a good medium. Yeah. Uh, different. Uh, Costume question, uh, I'll just add in there. What do you think, web pits or no web pits? I think it depends on the story, honestly, because yeah. there's some visuals where the web pits thing mm. it just works, yeah. but a lot of times it's a little bit too silly. Because yeah. uh, what's the point? JR, big or small eyes and web pits or no web pits? Small eyes, web pits. There you go. I, I'm, I guess I'm going to agree with more. Uh <laughs> On the last question, I'll go out agreeing with more. But I, I agree, happy medium's perfect. Although I dig the smaller eyes. I mean, it's it's each frame. The thing about Spider-Man is in the comics, you can make those eyes more expressionistic. Like if he's really surprised, like it's just natural for a visual for his eyes to be open a little bit more. If he's if he's concentrating on something, you, you'll notice that the eyes get to be a little bit smaller. But just him swinging around the city. Happy medium. I like it just I don't like the the huge anime looking eyes. So and yeah. and I dig web pits. I always like web pits. Uh I don't think they put enough web pits in them. <laughs> I wonder if he use <laughs> I wonder if he uses right guard on those <laughs> web pits. <laughs> <laughs> well gang, we hit the end of the message board questions and of course we gotta wrap it up with uh, recommendations. Uh, JR, you want to go first? What, anything you're reading or watching that you dig as of late since last we talked? Uh, the last couple of issues of Thunderbolts when yes. Norman, uh, when Norman finally puts on the Green Goblin costume and goes on a tear. Uh, just really good, solid, in character stuff. Norman's got a lot of good lines. Just, a, 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 a he's just got a, a devious, ghoulish sense of humor. Yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, a force to be reckoned with. Right. And, uh, so, uh, I, Definitely recommend the last two issues of Thunderbolt. And before we go, JR, we got to give an update on your website. Any, any new articles we can look forward to? I know you've been really busy with work. Yeah, no, no. Unfortunately, sorry to say, people. Unfortunately, the the website the website is taking a back seat right now to other things. So, okay. uh, no, nothing new on the horizon. Okay. Uh, Morbius, any recommendations for this month? What do you got? Yeah, I got some good ones. All right. Um, 
I read the first trade of Matt Fraction's Casanova this month, mm-hmm. and that's coming out from Image, and that is simultaneously the most fucked up <laughs> and brilliant comic I think I've ever read. I, every single panel has as much crazy high idea stuff as Grant Morrison packs into 22 pages, and there's just awesome leaking out of the word bubbles. I, this is a comic <laughs> you need to read. It's incredibly fun, bombastic, crazy, insane, but just, it's crazy brilliant. That, I mean, you need to pick that up should be, that first trade. That should be a signature for someone. There's just awesome leaking out of the word bubbles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. I love it. It is the truth, my friend. Love it. Uh, so check that out. It's up to uh, 14 issues, and they have the first seven collected in a volume one trade. Mm-hmm. Um, another comic. I think I may have recommended this last time we all got together, but now it's actually on the stands. Uh-huh. <laughs> And that is Manhunter from DC uh, has made its return with number 31. Don't let the number 31 keep you away. It's been off the racks for a year, so they made number 31 a perfect jumping on point. It works very well. This is one of the best comics uh, that is on the stand today. I think it's in the top five for me. Uh, It's so, so well written. It's got such a well-rounded Supporting cast, the best female superhero I have ever read, great stories, perfect dialogue, and it's drawn by Michael Guidos, who did Alias with Brian Bendis at Marvel. Good stuff. Which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, If it tells you anything, it's written by Mark Andreco, who wrote the Nightwing Annual that I put on a par with the Sensational Spider-Man Annual as my two favorite comics that year. I mean, I thought they were equals. Mm -hmm. So that tells you how great a writer this is. He actually started out writing with Bendis, and he's compared to Bendis a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And Stargate Atlantis Season 5 premiered last night on the Sci-Fi Channel. That's some damn solid sci-fi stuff if you like sci-fi. If you don't, you probably won't like it. But if you like sci-fi, go for that. Awesome. Those are my recommendations for the month. My recommendations, I'll give you a comic book, a movie, a DVD, and a video game. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the comic book, uh, Wolverine, Old Man Logan, written by Mark Miller and Steve McNiven. I uh, read that. It even has spider-related material in it. I won't give away the secret, but uh, there's a V8 engine, Spider-Man-related thing. I'm, it's the Spider-Mobile. It's in it. Come on. you got to pick it up for that. Uh, just yeah. love that book. The artwork's beautiful. Uh, it's Wolverine 50 years after he gave up uh, fighting crime. And just a beautiful book. I'm really looking forward to where this is going. Um, and so Wolverine, Old Man Logan, you can probably, the first issue is out already. It's, it's in the regular Wolverine title. I think it's like 66. Are you picking it up more? Yeah, yeah it starts with number 66. Okay, got it. Good stuff. I endorse that recommendation. Uh, the, so pick that up. The movie I want to recommend. I just saw it last weekend. Uh, Wanted, mainly for Angelina's naked ass. Uh, it's worth going for <laughs> seven fifty alone. But a great movie. I never read the book. I maybe that's why I like it more. I know you had a few issues with the movie, but uh, I, I love the. Oh, movie. you did. I'll, I just said it's. It's not the comic at all, but yeah. it was it was still a very good movie. I, I, it makes me want to go pick up the trade for Wanted because I really dug it. I thought the special effects were great. And you don't often hear it, but Morgan Freeman drops the F-bomb. There you go. <laughs> not just that. <laughs> uh, the full fun. Yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, video game. I picked up the Incredible Hulk video game on PlayStation 3. Great 
uh, anger-releasing video game if you want to go around and smash some shit and have Edward Norton talk to you. And uh, it has Rick Jones in the video game. And the first scene of the video game is an edited part uh, that was edited out of the original movie where the Bruce Banner is in the Arctic. And he puts a gun to his mouth and the Hulk and pulls the trigger and the Hulk spits out the bullet. So that's how the video game starts off. It's really cool. Highly recommend that. Pick that up. It's on, on all the systems. And uh that edited. That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh the final recommendation is a DVD release, which Morbius will get a kick out. I just picked up season one and two of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I'm on Hell yeah. I just watched the fourth episode of that series, and that kicks ass. Buffy is very cool. Xander is awesome. And uh Willow it only gets way better from there, brother. Tell you tell you what, I never watched any of the episodes first run. I really dig Xander, and the only reason I'm interested in that character is because I remember when the first Spider Man movie came out, he was rumored to play Peter Parker. And I could see it. Really? I could see it. Uh he's been in his name lately, but I don't think they realize he got pretty pudgy towards the end of that oh, series. Oh he did. <laughs> but uh I'm digging it. Um I'm looking forward because there's a, every board you go on sci-fi related or whatever, they're talking Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon. And I'm, the only exposure I have to him is his delayed Marvel books. So I'm like, I'll try his uh, video stuff. And I'm really digging Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I watched the episode where they had a, like a cockroach or something that was a witch. <laughs> that one, that one won the best, but, uh, the, the pilot and everything else were, were solid. I'm looking forward to where this is going. So. The uh, the first season had some cheesy one-and-done type stuff, but yeah. it started strongly. It ended exactly as strongly right. as it began, and then the second season was one of my it, favorites of all time. It reminds me a bit about another show that I really like, and it had a rough first season, which is Smallville. It was a villain of the week, it seems like they're doing. Yeah. But once they lead up the the mythos of this, this universe, I'm looking forward to that. And we'll wrap up the show right about there. Thanks again to all the folks writing in and asking us a question. I really do appreciate it. Now, coming up in August, we have Spider-Man writer J.M. DeMathis joining us on the show. Now, if you'd like to ask him a question, I've started a thread on our message board under the Crawl Space 101 section, and that show will probably take about two hours to record. Also in August, we'll be doing our anniversary show. It'll be the 10-year anniversary of the Spider-Man Crawl Space website and the two-year anniversary of our podcast, and we'll be taking live callers on that show. Now, here's how you join in the discussion. First, you'll need a microphone on your computer, and you'll need to download the program Skype at skype.com, S-K-Y-P-E dot com. And then you'll need to add my Skype handle, and my name on that program is Webhead Spidey. It's all one word, Webhead Spidey. And I'll announce on the message board the date and time of that show. It'll be fun to get all the live callers on. So it was a blast to hear you guys. Now, well, gang, before we go, I want to give a thanks to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for sponsoring our show. Now, if you want to read up on some J.M. DeMathis before our August show, Mail Order has some of his best work in trades. They have the Spider-Man Son of the Goblin trade, where it spotlights Harry Osborn's rise and fall as the Goblin. It also reprints the death of Harry Osborn. And as you all know, he got a lot better. Again, that's MailOrderComics.com. And always, thanks for listening and visiting the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. I'll talk to you all next month. <laughs>